The room is relationships. The room is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about? Uh, the room is different cookie cutter mm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to the Room Minute, the podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room, one minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Allison. Hi, Rob. Oh, hi, listeners. We're here to talk about Minute 21 of The Room in which Mark puts the sex behind him and Johnny visits a flower shop. So. Oh, hi, Walt. Hey, how you doing? Good. So one thing that I don't get, I know, I know that it has to be hard to, to write a conversation in this way, but his line here is horrible. You know, she says, Didn't you enjoy it? That's not the point. I love you, Mark. Um, you know, whatever. And he says, you're very attractive. You're very attractive. All right. You're beautiful. All right. And I'm sure that's <laughs> just what every woman wants to hear <laughs> after they've just cheated on their boyfriend is, um, you know, a flippant, hey, look, you're very attractive. Well, she just said she, I love you, Mark. Yeah. 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 yeah oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love you. Oh, you're very attractive. And <laughs> we just may or may not have had sex on the staircase and you right. may or may not have just ruined your back for the rest of your life. But <laughs> like, how, how does it go through a script writing? I'm sure they did some sort of read through, wouldn't you think? No. Okay. I stand corrected. That probably is the problem is that they must be reading these lines cold. Uh, I, that's, that's what I thought until I read the script and tried to just read it. It's possible that they were not only reading it cold, but also the, problem with the script with the writing well and tommy would deliberately get I mean, like he would get mad if people changed lines and then you had sandra chaclair sitting around actively trying to change dialogue to make it better and then tommy would get mad and so a lot of it is the weird way that tommy wrote it well and not even to make it better to make it good because this is terrible yeah he doesn't write line he he doesn't have people say things that humans say his alien leaders didn't teach him that before they sent him here didn't your alien leaders teach you that before they sent you here <laughs> yeah tommy is a gift from the aliens to planet earth <laughs> well here's the weird part though the, the dialogue he writes isn't even like what he says it's not even in his own style in his own weird style true well and that was what i was kind of wondering is is he this awkward with women in real life? Because that's a very awkward line. Tommy? Yeah. Uh, Wait. He's that, Assuming he wrote this dialogue. He's that awkward. Have you guys seen him live? I've met him, yeah. He's awkward. He's a little weird. Oh, yeah. He's he's super awkward. I watched him on a couple of YouTube videos, and he is very awkward. He's very creepy. Here's the thing. When you're rich, you don't have to be suave to get women. It's sad but true. But he wasn't always rich. Wasn't he always rich? <laughs> well, no. He had to He had to make his money. I thought he just came from it. I don't think so. Although, since Room Full of Spoons isn't out and we haven't actually seen Tommy's family, I don't know. Because the documentary still isn't out there. I know his story is that he made it. Well, no. Sestero's story is that Tommy made his money. Tommy doesn't answer the question. Anyway, so yeah, awkward dialogue. Yeah. So awkward dialogue, including Lisa saying, I know, he's your best friend. I know. Which? Two notes on that. 
He's your best friend. In the script, she says it sarcastically, mm. which is interesting. It's also the third of seven times we are told that he and Johnny are best friends. But it specifically says that she says it sarcastically in the script, which she does not in the movie. No, she doesn't here. She almost says it like she feels bad. I was going to say, it's kind of almost sympathetic. Yeah, like, I know, he's your best friend. Like, no. Like, I know, I'm screwing up three lives here. Mm -hmm. Yes, as her mother has already pointed out, she would be nothing without Tommy. So, yeah, her life will fall apart if this all falls apart. Then Mark says, hey, this will be our secret. Hey. This will be our and secret. And get away from the sex scene. <laughs> and the way he says it is weird because I almost, listening to it, it's almost like, hey, here's an idea. <laughs> Let's keep this a secret. Yeah, he just thought of it. You know, it's like, what if we don't tell Johnny? I just banged my best friend's girlfriend and let's just keep it a secret. Until that moment, he thought they would just have to tell Johnny about it. And he's like, wait, <laughs> this is a secret. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time they're having sex, he's going, man, this is going to be an awkward conversation uh -huh. later today. <laughs> How am I going to approach this? One interesting thing on the editing is that we see Tommy right before the scene. We see him on the cable car, right? Mm -hmm. Going in the opposite direction he was going at the beginning of the movie. And I was always like, is he on his way home? Like, is, is the editing suggesting Tommy's about to walk in on them? <laughs> And so, like, maybe Mark's afraid. Tommy's going to walk in. How do I explain this? We have our clothes almost <laughs> off. We're almost having sex. It's just going to be weird. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be a little a little awkward. We dented your your handrail on your yeah. stairs. I don't know why they have a dented rail. <laughs> like someone in production should have said, "Oh, I can fix that." Yeah. Or let's drape something over it. Yeah. Or... Oh, they tried to drape some people over it. Yeah. It didn't go well. They had that shirt over it earlier. Yeah, for a moment. One of the times that it was off. So we are prepared to get away from the sex scene? Yes. Can't we stay with the sex scene for another 20 minutes? No, we'll get another one before 20 minutes are up. Oh, my God. <laughs> we get an establishing shot of, I believe this is 2nd Street in San Francisco. And it's not too bad of a shot. No. The establishing shots are actually quite nice, and they did them quickly. Like, it was one camera guy, Tommy and Greg, and I think it was like three, maybe four people. They just set up a camera, shot something, and... Do you think they, you think they got permits? Oh, they did not. Oh, you know oh. that. Okay. Yeah, Greg, Greg says that. He says Tommy suggested that it was different in San Francisco, and they didn't need them, but then they almost got in trouble while doing one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but like all these shots are fairly quickly done they set up a camera shoot something and move on and they're still pretty good i thought those were, that was just stock footage no they shot them themselves hmm. oh no stock footage will come later when we're talking about double down yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh and so then we get a location anniversary flowers and gifts for all occasions 3463 16th street it does not exist anymore i believe it is a cafe in this location now Tommy offered the two women who run the shop $20 for a dozen roses and permission to film. And they also got to be in the movie. There were no extras. So the woman browsing gift cards is one of the makeup artists. I don't know which one. It's either Persia Mateen or Amy Von Beck. I can't find pictures of both of them, so I don't know which one this is. And, oh, I have a note here on Todd Barron, who was director of photography number three. After the other two had already been fired or quit. Jeez. According to Greg Sestero, he was the most laid back man on the crew. When they were filming the scene, Tommy told him, make sure you get this thing details, Mr. Cameraman. 
I want to have these flowers also in shot and make sure you get girl looking at cards. Very important. Also, when I enter, give me a good tight close up. The more lights, the better. Todd looked through the eyepiece and Tommy said, you are missing roses. We must have better close up when I put sunglasses on my forehead. Todd stopped what he was doing and told Tommy, just get in the damn shot. (laughs) This was the last location they filmed on the last day of production. (laughs) After four months of filming. This took four months. (laughs) And finally Todd had had enough. (laughs) That is a screw you asshole, let's get this done. Uh Uh-huh. You know, the, uh, in my hometown they, they made a movie where it's kind of a vanity production. A guy came in, he, he had a kind of pre, pre-made script with some pre-made jokes and he'd, He'd plop the locals town, the local town people in and put this thing together and edit it. They had a local guy do the music. I can't imagine if that movie became a, a huge cult hit like this, what people would say about the actors in it and the music and the, and the editing and the, uh. Tommy, I'm sure was thinking this thing's going to be a huge hit. Yeah. But no one around him could have been thinking that. No. I, I bet, I don't think there was, I don't think anyone in this movie was prepared for what happened. Well, including Tommy, including Tommy. He was, you know, making this drama that was going to be the best drama of all time. Yeah, he wasn't prepared for it to become a quote black comedy, like it says on the back of the DVD box. Yeah, he was trying to write Tennessee Williams. Right. And thought it would be as classic. Well, I I think that he failed horribly. I think. And the script is actually better than what his movie ended up being, but even the script doesn't sound great. Did a novelization ever get made? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I wish. We could ask Jason from the Rocky Minute to read it for us. (laughs) Hey. He loves novelizations. Oh, me too. So do I. Have you listened to my other shows, Walt? (laughs) Yes, I have. (laughs) Jason has a a special place in his dark heart for these so did who did the costuming for him? <laughs> I think that's you're making a joke, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, sort of, because it, it it seems to me that it's it's him. Like he had this image in his head of who he is, and that's you know he wasn't even thinking about the character. Like he's now yes playing him, and he wanted that hardcore gangster kind of look there is a great moment in the disaster artist movie right before the the rooftop i did not hit her scene where he goes to get his costume and the costume person is like i need a photo for continuity and he's like he's like no i got it and he just like, grabs a jacket grabs some pants like he just puts on something from the rack didn't even check if it's like gonna <laughs> fit him or how it fits and he shoves a bunch of things in his pockets because why not <laughs> And then goes and films the scene and without any shot for continuity, without any attempt to make sure it was something that fit him well. The suit here, I don't know if it's his suit. I mean, if you see him in real life, he wears a lot of jeans and shirts and vests and he usually has at least three belts on. Yeah. What? Because he thinks it makes his ass look good. (laughs) He has them like crisscrossed. 
kind of like a cowboy thing, but without holsters and guns. And uh, so this is better. But yeah, it's not like they, even though they had a costume person, they also had a set decorator. But the set decorator was like sent to buy pictures for a table and then they just put them on the table. No one bothered to actually fix anything or make it look good. They just had things because they needed them. At one point, Tommy was told, they, we need a line producer. He didn't know what that was. He's like, Greg will do it. <laughs> and that wasn't going to work, you know. But if Tommy didn't know what it, the job entailed, he just made sure someone had the title and then <laughs> just did what he did anyway. Thank God he bought his way into the movie industry and not into something like making parachutes or yeah, can you imagine <laughs> airbags for cars or <laughs> surgical equipment. Now for the scene, this is you know classic. The room right here. Johnny enters the florist shop. And Johnny says, hi, of course. Flores, can I help you? Johnny, yeah, can I have a dozen red roses, please? And then the joke, the the, the line that gets a joke in the CinemaSins video, in Greg Sestero's book, in the movie of Greg Sestero's book, uh, and a couple other places. Oh, hi, Johnny, I didn't know it was you. <laughs> <I love> that. <laughs> That's the best part. That is the best line. That's fantastic. Like, what, what other... The delivery, too. Like, who do you know that looks like that? And she even says, this, you're my favorite customer. Uh-huh. There's no way, yeah. there, uh, there's no way anybody else looks like they haven't washed their hair in two weeks, has these stupid-looking glasses on, a jacket that is, like, three sizes too big, and marches in like he owns the place, mm-hmm. and, and then she doesn't recognize him until yeah. he takes off his glasses. <laughs> That's it's me. The, <laughs> it's, the it's, it's after he speaks. It's after he speaks. <laughs> oh, is that? Yeah. Can I help you? Yeah. Can I have a dozen red roses? Oh, hi, Johnny. Yeah. Well, maybe she's blind, and she just had to hear his voice. <laughs> And then she's like, oh, that's Johnny. But, th- but then it's weird for her to say, I didn't know it was you, because she'd never know who it is. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Although I also imagine that he's wearing some really strong, distinct cologne. <laughs> and you would still know who it is. <laughs> oh, like, oh, Tommy's your here. smell finally caught up with you. I now know who it is. <laughs> Even in a flower shop with all the other smells, like, oh. It's Johnny. Oh, I can smell a block away. It's Johnny. Oh my god! <laughs> like every scene in this movie is a disaster. This scene is the disaster of disasters. It is so screwed up. Oh well, unfortunately, you won't be with us next minute. But there are so, there's some great stuff about the dog. I know. I'm dying because I want to talk about the dog. The dog is awesome. <laughs> And the dog's the best actor in the whole movie because he's playing a dog and he's convincing. <laughs> well, yeah, he's the. Best. I'll give the. Sh- I'll give you the short version now. Is that it wasn't until this take that we see that Tommy noticed there was a dog there. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's all I'll say until next minute. I can't wait to hear that minute. Oh my goodness. And you know, every time I've ever bought roses, they don't have them just sitting there on the counter. They have to go get them out of the back. Yeah, because they gotta be in like a cooler right. to keep them in good condition all day. But I guess she knew Johnny was coming. She didn't recognize him. 
That's true. Yeah, see, that doesn't Man, fit either. Nothing fits. See, he called ahead, so she got the roses ready, but then she didn't know it was him. Yeah. He uh, thought it was one of her other customers that looked like that. <laughs> That's who she caters to? <laughs> she has a very specific clientele. <laughs> Raging douchebags? Who buy flowers and gifts for their girlfriends every day on the way home from work. All my other clients come storming through the door (laughs) with their their greasy mane trailing behind them. Long, black, greasy hair and glasses and a jacket that's two sizes too big. That's who she caters to. That's what's on their billboard. (laughs) That's their logo. <laughs> Look like a douchebag? We have flowers for you. Yeah, see, the sign says for all occasions, and even smaller print it says, but only occasions that involve douchebags and suits. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and they're probably cheating girlfriends. <laughs> probably <laughs> Is your girlfriend having sex with someone else? Come buy roses from us. That's one of the occasions on the app. <laughs> There used to be Brad. <laughs> Do you think your girlfriend's cheating? Come get flowers. For douchebags and two-timers. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Any other notes on the contents of Minute 21? Because we got some other stuff to get to. The dog's the best part. The dog is the best. I love that dog. I'm just reviewing it. Can you even see the dog? In this minute? In this minute? Right at the very end, like the last um, two or three seconds. Yeah, when it, the when the angle's on the floor. Oh, okay, there we go. Right when he walks in, he just looks like a cool dog. He's an old. He's dog. too cool for this movie. He definitely is. Is he credited? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. No. <laughs> he was the only actor smart enough to not get his name associated with this movie. <laughs> well, this woman isn't credited either, but she's not an actor. She's just the woman who ran the shop. So, notes from a midnight screening before we get to other business. Notes from a midnight screening. When Mark says, you're very attractive, all right, you're beautiful, at least one person in the audience will say, lies. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That is genius. That is great. My next note is actually a good one for me because I'm going to say, allegedly, I recorded the audio of a midnight screening that I went to to keep track of these notes without writing everything down. Mm -hmm. And in my recording... I'm the one who says this next note. <laughs> you can only hear me. But I had been to previous ones where people said this. When she says, I know, he's your best friend, someone's supposed to say, he was. <laughs> but in my recording, allegedly, I'm the one who says it. <laughs> That's great. Well, maybe besides just the 18-minute edit of the movie, we also need the edit with the uh, with the callbacks. That would be good, yeah. Oh, that would do be it great. Like a, like a Mystery Science Theater 3000 version? Right. When he says, hey, this will be our secret, uh, you get various versions of, nope, nope, bad idea. <laughs> and someone said last time, that one time, then we wouldn't have a plot. Which <laughs> 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 so I thought that was great. And they kiss again, so we get more, oh, oh, oh. And when we leave the scene, we get the establishing shot of San Francisco. You always get a meanwhile in San Francisco. Because, <laughs> of course, most of the movie was filmed in L.A., even though it's set in San Francisco. The rest of the notes for this minute is that when they get to the anniversary flowers, the establishing shot outside the flower shop, Everyone in the audience gets really quiet, and you hear people just going, shh, 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 
because you have to hear this scene. And so then no one does anything during this whole scene. <laughs> because this scene is perfect. <laughs> it has to be enjoyed as it is. <laughs> and they are right. You'll get a couple laughs when he says I did when she says I didn't know it was you, but otherwise people stay quiet. Oh my gosh. That is that is fantastic. And now it is Friday, so I don't know who wants to go first. It's time to talk about bad movies worth watching. I know it. It all sounds like some bad movie. Bad movie of the week. Who wants to go first? Did we all watch different movies? Well, I've seen the one you're going to say. I haven't seen, I don't think, the one Walt's going to say. I may have and just don't remember it. Nobody else has seen the one I'm going to say. So, True. And if I recommend one today, it's going to be one you've probably not even heard of. I want to hear what Walt watched. Okay. So, Walt, go first. Okay. So, <clears throat> I actually saw this disaster in the movie theater when it came out. <laughs> my, my movie is the 1982 classic Time Walker, which stars a whole bunch of people that you've never heard of. The director was a guy named Tom Kennedy, who I hope was run out of Hollywood after this. The writer was a guy named Jason Williams. Don't know what else he's done. But it, uh oh man, it's a disaster. A mummy is found in King Tut's tomb, and when they're x-raying it, it actually turns out to be an alien that gets brought back to life by the uh by the <gasps> radiation. I have seen this. <laughs> you have? Yes. Isn't it terrible? I think we rented it back in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> well, it stars a guy named Ben Murphy who plays uh Professor Douglas McCadden and this guy has like 92 credits or something. I mean, it's crazy how much stuff he's been in and he's not known at all. Oh, I'm sorry. He has 68 credits, but he was in some sci-fi stuff. He did some cowboy work. He was on something called Baywatch Nights. And <laughs> the only reason I remember him from me. Are you suggesting you didn't watch Baywatch Nights? Oh, well, I did, but you know, <laughs> that and he was in Silk Stockings, but he was in the TV version of Air America, which I think was horrible. And I remember this because my dad is a retired FBI agent. He was on FBI, The Untold Stories, and my dad knows the agent who he played. So <laughs> it's kind of a weird tie-in. But he was never in anything else, else really good. Um, you know, he was in, he did some bit parts of stuff, but this movie, you actually see the boom come into the, the picture several times. The alien, is or the mummy or whatever is just it, it looks like he's riding around on roller skates the whole time because he isn't walking he's just like sliding gliding along it is just horrible i mean it is terrible but it is so much fun to watch and it would have been great on mystery science theater nice so i was just running the trailer for it and yeah i've seen this movie <laughs> it's a great trailer too. <laughs> it is a great trailer and I don't think there, I don't think anybody in this is known at all. The love interest or whatever is an actress named Nina Axelrod, who I, I've never seen her in anything else, I don't think. Ooh, it stars two people from Assault on Precinct 13. Oh, yeah, there, well, yeah, I don't know if star is the right word, but. Right. Yes, yeah, which that, that's a great movie. 
That's a great bad movie. So, but she, uh, Nina Axelrod ended up being the uh, casting director in a bunch of different stuff. Nothing really great, but um, so anyway, that is uh, that is my contribution to our uh, movies you probably haven't seen and should. The four of us could sit down right now, write the script today, shoot it tomorrow, and have the exact same quality as that movie. Um, there's no emotional buy-in with any of the characters. It is a um, a very formulaic, formulaic movie. Um, it's it's on a college campus, so you have frat parties, you have kids making out, um, you have drunks, and contains sets that are cheap. Uh, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And there, even the parts like my my 17 year old daughter was watching it with me last night, and there's a scene with a baby in it, and she goes, "Does the baby die? Oh no, the baby doesn't die. This movie is very predictable." So it's it's that kind of movie, but it, it's kind of a fun movie to watch, but just because it is so bad and it's so easy to make fun of. And I have just added it to my watch list. Oh yeah, you definitely need to watch it. <laughs> and Curtis, well, I'm so envious of Walt having people to watch. Oh gosh, have parties and have uh. fun. <laughs> because even if watching the movie wasn't fun. At least he got to watch people have fun, which is far mm-hmm. more than you can say about the 2005's Double Down. Yes. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Man. Okay, so... I don't even... Explain the plot I don't to even, Double Down. <laughs> I just watched it for the first time last night, so the plot's pretty garbled. There is a computer hacker slash... Uh-huh. Bioweapon terrorist? Yep. And former spy mm-hmm. with biomechanical implants. Oh, nice. <laughs> Who gets hired by, I don't know, I don't remember, someone who shut down the Las Vegas Strip uh-huh. because that's going to do something bad. Yep. I like that your description of the plot includes, uh, I don't know. And also, I think he either actually talks to his dead wife a lot or hallucinates her. And also his parents. Yep. That sounds about right. <laughs> you know what I love about this already? <laughs> IMDb, it says, director, Neil Breen. Writer, Neil Breen. Stars, Star, Neil Breen. Neil Breen. Mm-hmm. And then when you scroll through the actors in the movie, he is the only one who has an IMDb <laughs> page that you can go to. Yeah, they're not actors. <laughs> the hands-down most memorable moment in this movie is when he confesses his love to his new girlfriend and asks her to marry him and then she is immediately shot. <laughs> but that's not even the weird part. The weird part is how no. he reacts to her being shot. <laughs> he holds her in his arms and he screams to the heavens, No! He doesn't actually say no. He just says, Arg. I love being with you. I love you. Will you marry me? Oh, jeez. 
But then he drops her in the pool and holds a bloody orchid and also screams while she just floats face down. He's not, like, performing CPR or trying to give her any kind of first aid. She's just shot and dead, so now she's just floating face down in the pool while he screams about this bloody flower. But then he joins her. So... But then he goes over and he floats face down with her for a while. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I I remember that scene very, very vividly. (laughs) That's that's the best part of the movie. Do you think that that was something that made sense in his head when he wrote it? Wait a minute. I mean, you haven't heard about the magic rock. Oh. Right. That cures cancer. That cures cancer, right? And that he loses in his box of empty tuna cans. (sighs) What? (laughs) Okay, now this movie is just confusing. This movie... I, I can't decide whether I hate this movie or it's secretly the most brilliant movie ever made. <laughs> I, I think my, I think my favorite part of Double Down might be when he he goes to assassinate two people and he shoots the wrong people. <laughs> he realizes it and goes to find the real couple they were supposed to kill and they have already killed themselves because they know he's right. coming. <laughs> but they are sitting upright on a rock looking at the sunset with bullet holes in their foreheads. <laughs> They've already killed themselves because they read the script to this movie and knew how bad it was going to be. I don't want to be in it. And he, at the and even better, he has voiceover <laughs> to explain how good he is at hacking, at being a spy. <laughs> Governments won't kill him because he has told them that he has secret biological bombs in multiple cities around the world that will go off if he dies. He has... Spy satellites, no, just satellites that are constantly raining down a a field of lasers around him (laughs) so that if anyone approaches him, they'll die by having, I guess, their brains explode. (laughs) Blood shoots out their ears anyway. And to connect back to the room, both Neil Breen and Tommy Wiseau, aside from using their movie as an opportunity to have a sex scene... Uh, or nude scene yeah. with a woman. They both wear black tank tops at one point in the film. <laughs> oh. We'll hear a couple other bad movies probably through this show that include the same. Well, and here's the thing. We haven't even really talked about the crazy part of this movie yet. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> the whole movie... Okay, well, not the whole movie. I'm exaggerating. But mostly the movie is told in voiceover. Yeah. It's almost like a silent movie that he just talks all the way through. And it is incomprehensible. <laughs> what do you mean? He explains everything. <laughs> a lot. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord, please let this be on Amazon Prime. <laughs> oh, I wish there was a sequel. Well, he does have other films. Oh, yeah. And if you watch his film Pass Through, which is the only other one I've seen, it is even better in all the worst possible ways. 
Oh my gosh. We 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 may need to do a special episode and review Double Down. Oh, I just know yeah. that I want to get that vest. Oh, the, the <laughs> uh, like blue jean looking vest. He's got a blue jean vest, and I don't have. I never wrote down it. the list. I, I regret doing that. I don't know. The do list you have that? He's one. I don't. Uh, no. it just he's but got he every medal. The... He's got every medal and commendation that you can get from from the military, and he wears them on this blue jean vest. <laughs> and well, I see he's got a purple heart. Oh, well, yeah. and he tells us about it in a scene that takes about six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he tells us what you, what each metal is and how, you know, what it's for. And it's, it's done in the style of a montage of like Arnold Schwarzenegger or, or somebody arming Jean-Claude up. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, like putting their, we- you know, putting their weapons on and, and getting ready for the fight. Except for him. It's a blue jean, a, a cut-off blue jean vest with medals. That is fantastic. And I know, like, the easiest cosplay in the world now to do. <laughs> <laughs> I even have one of those medals. He called it some other thing that it's not. But now, <laughs> I would like to describe the back of the DVD case. A few photos of him in the movie. Two of them. The black tank top, one in his vest, one with no shirt on and blood on his hands. But the description of the movie is very simple. The controversial story of a lone genius who closes down the Las Vegas Strip. The government can't stop him as he reunited with his dead girlfriend each night. That's it. Wow. Then there are quotes with no attribution. The winner, dangerously controversial. Stunning desperation. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> These are the quotes they thought would sell the movie. Desperation. I will honestly <laughs> treasure these three minutes we had here together, the four of us, because of me being able to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, well, and, and did they make a book? No. <laughs> oh. In, in one of his movies... Uh, the one I haven't seen yet, I think, but I found the clip on YouTube and used it for something else. I edited it together with a scene from the room. He actually complains about he's a writer and he doesn't want to write any more books because people aren't doing what he wants. So, yeah, he wouldn't write books. <laughs> <sighs> oh, wow. That was a fantastic pick. Yeah. I'm not even going to throw out a pick this week because... I don't need to. You know, the blue jean jacket vest doesn't even fit him. No. No. It's like he cut off the sleeves because the jacket didn't fit anymore, and so the vest is still too small. Well, and having that many medals on it, you know, really weighs it down and affects the fit. Now, Walt, if the listeners will want to hear more of you, where can they do so? Well, it would be... uh, be great and easy for you if you jumped over to thewilderride.com and from there you can find the past episodes that we have worked on of movies like uh, Young Frankenstein. Um, we just finished Blazing Saddles. Uh, looks like we're about to get going for next year on uh, the Gene Wilder uh, classic Silver Streak. And uh, 
Yeah, so Curtis, you need to find a couple minutes, get about 19 pages of notes, and get ready to join us. <laughs> and uh, and the great thing about that one, for the first time, we're going to have him paired with Richard Pryor. And I can't wait to get into that pairing. So yeah, so come over to thewilderride.com and find all the information there on Alan Sanders and I, and uh, we'd love to have you join us. Thank you. And Curtis, where can they hear more of you? Neuromancer is a book, and someone read it out loud. So now I'm going to analyze the book one minute at a time with guests, all 293 wow. minutes of it. So if you search Neuromancer Minute on Facebook, you'll find it. Wait, you're doing it one at a time when it's 293 yep. minutes? Yep, yep. Oh, doing. my God. I've, wow. It's like one chapter at a time. <laughs> well, someone's already done a chapter at a time. Oh, Okay. One word at a time. One word at a time is the next, next step. That's next. <laughs> Another A, not again. The next, the next uh, iteration of analyzing movies after movies by minutes is played out as people doing one line of of the movie at a time. I did one second at a time for one minute of Halloween. Wow, that was fun. <laughs> I bet nothing happened in the minute, and so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna slow it down even more. <laughs> What about you? What are what else are you guys working on, you and Allie? Well, Allison at the moment is just doing this one, but she was on. She dropped out again, sound wise. So I'll say she was on Mean Girls Minute for a while, and now she's doing this one. And I don't know what she plans to do next. I have done Michael Myers Minute, which is about the original Halloween. Dave made a minute, which. Walt was on. Curtis, were you on that? Yes, it was. Jason and I uh, were trying to That's guess right. it. Yeah, Jason. Where we looked at Dave made a maze, except the people being on the episodes didn't know what movie they were watching. They just got random minutes from me. Um, and then I also have Annihilation Minute, looking at the movie Annihilation, and that one's very dense and very slow. It's just one episode a week. And then there's Mandy Sucks Minute, which is about the movie Mandy and how much it sucks. This one. So it's not the wrong when people make it fun of the project, in this case, The Room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening, and remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Hi. Can I help you? Yeah, can I have a dozen red roses, please? Oh, hi, Johnny. I didn't know it was you. Here you go. That's me. 